The Pokes Report podcast is sponsored by Stillwater Barber Company, located at 609 South Main Street, right here in Stillwater. Randall and Joe are serving up the best haircuts in town, which includes regular haircuts and skin and razor fades, as well as shaves and beard care and trims. The beard care includes a wonderful blend of beard balm, beard oil, and just a little bit of steam to bring it all together. And as always, shampoo and conditioners are two for $20, and I can vouch for the shampoo because that's what I've been using for the past several months. It's a wonderful tea tree oil shampoo paraben and sulfate free that leaves your hair and scalp squeaky clean and smelling great and as always you can find blue roaming around the shop so give them a call at 405-269-8590 or you can check them out at stillwaterbarber.co to book an appointment today welcome into the pokes report podcast zach lancaster here alongside brian murphy uh, we're a couple days out from Oklahoma State, West Virginia. We're recording this on a Wednesday afternoon, so uh, depending on when you hear it, that's when we're recording. So Happy uh, Thanksgiving! There's, if you hear it, there's your on time Thursday. Stamp. Yeah, uh, we've got uh, we got a, an interesting podcast lined up. We got a lot to talk about. Unfortunately, it's kind of the same stuff we've been talking about uh, in terms of offensive struggles. Uh, we're not gonna we're not gonna talk much about Bedlam, but I do think it's warranted we talk a little bit about it when you talk about the first quarter on both sides of the ball because the second, the third, the fourth quarter was incredible. And actually, I went to a basketball availability yesterday, and we stood around for about 15 minutes before we got to watch the last little bit of practice, and we were talking, and um, someone was like, you know, if I would have told you, or they asked, it was like, if I would have told you that Oklahoma scored 28 points in the first quarter, but then Oklahoma State held them scoreless through three quarters, would you have thought that they would have won? And the general consensus was probably not based on the offensive output that Oklahoma State's had the past couple weeks, to which I responded with, okay, well, if I had told you that Oklahoma State held OU to 69 yards in the entire second half, would you have thought Oklahoma State won? And they were like, if that's the stat line presented, yes. Mm -hmm. And that's how incredible that turnaround was. Okay. The, the the tweet that I that I read earlier this week that I thought was was incredible and kind of tells you how how ridiculous uh, you know that game was was son from Mike Brooks uh, in Brooks O two Saturday's twenty eight thirteen victory over OSU was incredible in so many ways I was asked has OU ever won a game having scored in the opening quarter and no other quarter the last time that happened nineteen thirty seven yeah. OU wins six nothing and beat Rice in front of 8,300 people in Norman. Yeah. They did the same thing in 2022 in front of 83,000 or whatever it was. Yeah. And, that, yeah, it was that was such an anomaly of a game. You've used that that term a couple podcasts ago, and, and that was a, a great way to to describe this one, that it's so weird. Yeah. Um, you know, I watched a lot of it there in Edmond, uh, a friend of mine, and the the the... The crowd before the game, even the OU side, was real quiet. Nobody really knew going into the game who's going to show up, who's going to do what. What happened in the first quarter, you saw one team come out extremely confident. You saw the other team come out kind of trying to play that, oh, let's see see what the other team does, and then we'll adjust. And OU came out and said, we don't give a crap about that. We're going to go down the field and we're going to score. Their scripted plays, you always hear quarterback, uh, coordinators talk about, well, first team scripted, first 15 are scripted or however many. 
Their scripted plays worked flawlessly. I bet they didn't work that well in practice all week. Did you read Robert's Sunday breakdown? Mm-hmm. Uh, Robert doesn't get critical often of right. Oklahoma State football. And this wasn't a scathing report by any any means. You know, he wasn't overly critical, but he did hit on a lot of things. For me, the most telling thing was obviously first quarter defense. Yeah, mm-hmm. Spencer threw some interceptions. That's him trying to now there were there were definitely miscommunications, right? Jaden Bray comes back for the first time in a while. Uh, has only played in three games, and that was his third game on the season. Has really struggled. He's been injured. He's been behind the eight ball a lot. But but that's because he's been injured. He hasn't been up to speed. He hadn't been up to shape or anything like that. So there were communications. There were two route communication miscommunications. He stops. Spencer goes long. I mean, you. It was it was almost like the Kansas State interception when uh, Stephon Johnson Jr. tripped. You're just like, you have got to be kidding me. Right. And then uh, Bryson Green, I think, had the other one that I think it was kind of the same thing. I think he went in and the ball went long. That was an interception. That one fell deep, or that one fell to the, the turf. So that was that was lucky. But the other interception, Spencer is trying to make a play. He's trying to force something. Now, I'm not trying to excuse that. There were still turnovers, and they were still costly. But the most, the two biggest issues for me, first quarter defense, atrocious. I think it was, what, 299 yards in the first quarter alone, 28 points. And then the red zone, Oklahoma State's red zone. I mean, they were 3 of 5 in the red zone. You can't, you can't do that. I mean, even if you're just going to kick field goals, you can't be, you can't be two of, you can't be three of five from the red zone. Oklahoma State was, it, it was bad, especially down the stretch. Now, when you look at cumulative comparison of first half to second half, right here, the first quarter, twenty-eight points, two hundred and ninety-nine yards for Oklahoma. OSU zero point sixty-one yards in the first quarter. Now you go to the second half. Oklahoma State held OU to zero points and 69 total yards. In the second quarter, it was zero points and 66 total yards. The Oklahoma State defense figured it out. Now, when you go back to what Robert wrote on Sunday, there were multiple, not even just like once or twice, but there were multiple times the Oklahoma State defense, they weren't even lined up mm-hmm. when OU was snapping the ball. You can't do that. Now, they did enough in the second, third, and fourth quarter that Oklahoma State should have won that game. I'm not saying that OU did enough. Now, they came up with stops, but the Oklahoma State offensive line really struggled. I mean, Preston Wilson struggled. There were times that they that this offensive line was letting guys through that it, it was almost like they weren't trying. And I'm not trying to say that they weren't trying. Right, but I know there, what you mean. there were some missed blocks that they're typically not missing. And I know that they've really struggled, and so you're. it's kind of hard to say that they typically don't miss blocks like that. But the offensive line was really bad. Uh, and you look at the the run game struggled. I mean, it was better than it had been. I think it was like a hundred yards on the ground or something like that. Uh, let me see. They had uh, that's receiving rushing one hundred and three yards, and that's minus ten from John Paul on that that play towards the towards the sideline. I mean, that was that was a busted play, but it just it didn't it the way the offense got so anemic towards the end of the game. It just didn't make any sense. I mean, I I don't I don't really have an answer because OU's defense wasn't great in the second half, and they haven't been all year. And I thought that's where we missed a huge opportunity that it, we we became one dimensional. They you know you're down twenty eight nothing. Spencer's end up throwing what sixty three attempts, something like that. Sixty seven. He's in the sixties. I don't remember sixty seven. Sixty seven win. 
you know, there there'd be another. When's the last time an OU OSU quarterback has had over sixty attempts in a game? You know, and, and then it'd be interesting. What's our record whenever we have our quarterback goes over sixty? So it's you got into the worst case scenario early. Uh, you know, before the first quarter's over, you're looking up and going, well, Manhattan all over again. Manhattan all over again, and and at this point, you know, you're on the road. If if you go down twenty eight nothing at home, and then keep the other team to zero points the next three quarters, your crowd is back in it. Yeah. Down there, you took a crowd that didn't know what was going to happen. I mean, so we talked about it. So many OU fans were coming up to us going. Oh, you guys are gonna win. Y'all are gonna y'all are gonna blow us out. We look bad this year, blah, blah, blah. Apparently they've never seen any other bedlam before ever. And how uh OSU has a way of forgetting what records are, forgetting how good your offense is, and all of a sudden just you know, down the leg. And so, you know, if you go back to the the not lining up part on defense, we'll kind of do this offense and defense, I think. The defense part we were talking about this after the Michigan State game or um, Central Michigan game. Yeah, we were, talk, we were talking Michigan State earlier. That's yes, it's on the brain. So Central Michigan, you got a new coordinator, you've got new safeties, you got new defensive backs that are all feeding in there. How are we? This is one of those where and well, I, I don't have to go talk to the coaches. Well, and you play into it on the other side. None of those. I, I don't know if there was anyone that made the trip that was here the last time they won. But they also have that. Like, that plays into it as well. Like, Central Michigan's not a great football team this year, but the last time they were here, they won. So not yeah. only do you have Oklahoma State's, but you've got a team that's amped to play this ball. Sure, I'm sure they are, and that's their big non-conference. But what we were talking about the week after was how many times the defense was out of position. That's what I'm saying. How are you in game number 11, and that's still – communication is still an issue. Where you line up on the first five plays of the game are an issue. And – like I was, I was going to say, I don't have to go sit in front of Derek Mason. I don't have to go f- sit in front of uh, Casey Dunn like yeah. like uh, Robert does on Thursdays. But I I guarantee that Mike used the word unacceptable at some point after this game to both coordinators. What has gone on this year is absolutely unacceptable. We'll get to fan questions later on. I know there's coaches' questions in there, but um, or listener questions. Well, OSU fan, listener, yeah. all that. The the defense not getting lined up. You you can't you can't play defense. I mean that'd be like uh, Mike Boynton uh, leaving three guys on offense cherry picking and only having two on defense. Yeah. Well, good luck. You know uh, you could get lucky, but against a, a quarterback like Dylan Gabriel, he's going to see that stuff. And um, so offense, offense is just the running game woes are so amplified in something like this where, you know, and you said on air, I hope we just get 100 yards. Well, we got 100. They were the ugliest 100 you ever get. And, you know, so Ollie couldn't get anything going. There was no room in there. This offseason, this will be the thing. This offseason, somebody needs to show up over there that has success running the ball in the past from wherever they're coming from and says, here or go to a coach's clinic. Like I don't really care. Where, I don't care where. Mm-hmm. If you return everybody on offense in the coaching staff, somebody needs to go somewhere and learn something that you know. You you would think that you have uh, a head coach 
and I'm kind of going long here and, and going off on this, but it's very, it's extremely frustrating to have every year since 2017, and Cade McFarlane is the one who tweeted this, Oklahoma State's offense has produced fewer total yards and fewer yards per play each season since 2017. 2017, it was 500, and this is this was taking out uh, FCS games. Okay, so this is taking out your your blowouts and all that. 572 yards in 2017. That was five six years ago. Yeah. How do you get to the point where now you're barely getting five? barely getting five yards of play, and it it's going in the wrong direction. I don't think it's a lack of coach knowledge over there. I think those those are a lot of coaches who know a lot about football, but there's a good chance that some of them over there are the old set in our ways, and this is what we've always done forever. And any business, any team, any group knows that as soon as you get into the, this is the way we've done it forever, Mike has talked about how the defenses have evolved to stop the old stuff. Well, figure out what's working now. You know, OU spread us out on the two-yard line. They went they went receiver outside the number, receiver outside the number, and do the zone read thing up the middle, and Gabriel keeps it and just falls into the end zone completely untouched. Why are we why are we have two two running backs with their hands on the ground, you know, like it's nineteen forty five? That that's the kind of stuff that I just go. Somebody has to walk into that building over there and change that. Yeah, <clears throat> and there's no question. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say that that play calling hasn't been an issue at times this year because it has. I mean, but when you you also have to look at the other side of it and okay, well, play calling's been an issue, but how many offensive players have been injured? You're having to play a lot of youth. The offensive line has been anemic this year. The offensive line has dealt with a lot of injury this year. Injuries aren't necessarily the issue with the offensive line, but you're still dealing with a lot of issues. But with you, the offensive and you line. even dealt with that in the middle of this week. We talk, they talked about Jason Jason Brooks being our highest graded, and Gundy talked about this, uh, being the highest graded offensive lineman. And then all of a sudden, in the middle of the week, he gets sick like, everybody yeah. in Oklahoma is right now. Yeah, which, and, which surprises me, not him getting sick, but the fact you go back to the start of the year and he struggled to get adjusted. You know, he, there were penalties that he had had and he was missing blocks and everyone's just kind of like, well, I mean, he came from Vanderbilt. And then he really turned it on down the stretch. But one offensive lineman does not an offensive line make. And so when you're when your starting right guard has been out for three or four weeks now and when your when your tackles struggle to block I mean there were there were several times where uh, Jake Springfield and Joe Mahalski and Preston Wilson and Caleb Etty, I mean there were there were several times where guys are getting through very, very easily and the offensive lineman is running after the defender before they hit Spencer before they yep. and now I'm not saying that it it is clear they don't have a Jalen Warren you know there's no Jalen Warren on this team there's no Justice Hill but I think Jalen Warren would have success because he's he was very good he's fast he's strong but when you look at the line he was behind last year now the only two differences you had you know you had um Oh, for kind of uh, Danny Gudlewski and Josh Sills. I, I'm not saying that two offensive linemen make an offensive line, but that line last year was better than this line. 
And when you go to Justice Hill 2017, that line was better than this line. When you can't block, when you when you struggle to open up holes, when you struggle to get, not even struggle, when you're not going to the second level, when the schemes are all wrong, and on top of that you're dealing with injuries, so not only are you dealing with bad schemes, but you're dealing with guys that are inexperienced and having to try to learn on the fly, that just compounds the – so, I mean, I'm not, I'm not surprised that Oklahoma State can't move the ball as well. Now – when you look at those numbers from 2017 to now, how they continually go down, that was something Barry Trammell asked Mike about yesterday, or excuse me, on Monday, was what do you do? Is there anything you can do? And then I think I think it was Jenny Carlson who asked uh, Mike if taking some of the offensive scholarships that they gave to defense a few years back – if that if that was possible to you know bring him back to the offensive side and he kind of he kind of shut it down a little bit but i think it was it was i think it was robert that said after the show that it's it's kind of a year to year basis right i mean they took offensive scholarships and put it on the defense and we've seen that it's worked now jim knowles really helped that you know you put the whole thing together but that defense last year was really good the defense before that was was pretty good and then I think this defense at times has been really – I mean, you look at the second, third, and fourth quarter against OU, it's a struggling offense, but you still came up with stops. And I think this defense next year is going to be really good. But you could take a few of those scholarships back to the offense if that warrants it, but not enough, I think, to to matter per right. se. Yeah, I think that – But you got to do something about the offensive line. I mean, no, that's, that's the stem and, of the problem. And, and we've seen that uh, if you follow any recruiting – We've seen that in the last two weeks of the number of offensive line scholarship offers that are going out there. They are putting out there anybody and everybody who wants to come in and compete for a starting job here, you got your shot. Anybody. And I know that they just uh, sent an offer to the Florida, the the guy out of Florida. So I don't know if it's Braun or Brown, because I think the, um, is it Christian Brown out of Kansas is spelled Braun? But this his name is Josh Braun yeah. or Brown. But out of he's a he'd be a red shirt junior wherever he goes and would still have three years of eligibility. And right. I think he played in twenty plus games, started in six or seven over the past couple of years and but he's big. He's like six six, three forty, and he's an interior lineman. More so than the the height and weight of a guy. The the guys you just talked about, Godlevsky and Sills what they had, they had that nasty. Yeah, I was, they, I was about to say. They had, uh, so, you know, you, you always call that a pancake block whenever you smash somebody into the into the ground. They live for those things, mm-hmm. you know. And that's the, that's the kind of road grader, that's the kind of line you have to run behind. What are you giving that look for? Nothing. Oh. Sorry. Okay. So. Irre- it, it's irrelevant. All right. Well, they uh, so a lot of recruiting, um, a lot of scholarships are being offered to the offensive line. As far as moving, because it's just four, you're talking about four scholarships that you went from from offense to defense, and they did that when your offense they couldn't miss on yeah. they weren't missing on offensive guys forever around here since since the days of Des Bryant. It's been basically recruit a kid, and you're not expecting him to get on the field for the first two years. You're going to develop him. So by the time he does get on the field for the first time, his his body is ready. He's good to go. And what has what has seemed to change about that is that now you're getting a Colin Oliver. You're getting some freshmen. You're getting an Ollie Gordon. Kendall Daniels. Kendall Daniels, who 
look the part coming out of high school. And so people just expect, well, he looks the part. He was highly recruited. He should be able to put in there. This this isn't out this isn't even Alabama. They don't get too many freshmen, and they're getting five stars. Yeah, you know, but they're so stacked above them. But um, look at TCU this year. TCU made the massive jump. You know, from what they were last year, you're not doing it with a bunch of freshmen. A lot of transfers too. Right, and and I know that Gundy wants to stay away from that because he's a big Cowboy culture guy. I kind of want to transition a little bit to to the West Virginia game that I feel like the Cowboy culture needs to start extending into the fans a little bit as well because I'm anticipating next I'm, I'm anticipating the stands looking rough Robert had taught I think yesterday at the end of his or uh, it would be Monday so I was I had my equipment up in the press box and Robert's wrapping it up and he was like all right well I, well that's gonna do it you know we're good this stadium's empty now but uh, senior day you know and he was like what do you think 50,000 I just kind of like shook my head he's like 40,000 I was gonna shook my head he's like 30,000 again I shook my head I I think with the way the season's gone and with the way social media has reacted to this season, because here's, and it's you and I, we talked on the phone earlier today. There was always going to be a drop from last year to this year. You don't have Jalen Warren. You lost two really good offensive linemen. You lost Tay Martin, who was a very good outside receiver, who was experienced transfer portal. You lost an incredible amount of incredible talent off the defensive side of the ball. There was always going to be a drop. But you started preseason, was a, fifth, a top 15 or just past, you were top 20 at least, and you played up to seven. And you went to Waco and you beat what thought what people thought to be a really good Baylor, defending Big 12 champion, and you beat them. And you're like, oh my gosh, all right. Cowboy football, baby. Sky's the limit, baby. Yeah, and yeah. then you... And, and after that, you go, you're leading at TCU. Yeah. Who was ranked? Yeah, double digits. Everybody's yeah. You're you're at halftime right there. Take a poll sure. of the of the uh, Cowboys fans you're in the stadium, out of the stadium, all across, and man, everybody's going. If you're not making the playoffs, you're going to win a Big Twelve championship and at least go back to another New Year's Six. And then re- actual reality sets in. Injury. Now, I, I will say this: I don't think I've ever seen an injury situation like this. Now, Mm-mm. you can't chalk all of it up to injury. You, there's been some scheme issues, and there's been, some, but I never seen that. That's ridiculous. Yeah. And then, and and that's you know, reality comes crashing down and all that stuff. But was it? Is it thirty eight players? Thirty eight on the two deep on the two all deep. three levels. Yeah. That just blows my mind. And then I think Robert mentioned it last week. Um, and I don't want to. I don't want to quote anything because I can't remember the number. But it was like just in the last two or three weeks, they've been without like thirteen starters or something like that. Well, and if you, you know, we'll do simple math here: eleven, eleven times two. There's forty-four, and then add. I don't know what. What do you want to add? Ten specialists, fifty-four, give or take. Over half yeah. of the team who has been on the two deep has missed games. Yeah, and and still missing games, and so like. It just, I will say this, there has been issues this year, and, and, and you were going to go through it. You know, there's been coaching issues, there's been scheme issues, there's been depth issues, there's been injury issues, but it blows my mind, and, and I'm not, I, I grew up an Oklahoma State fan. I was born in Stillwater. My folks, my mom works at the university. My folks both graduated with multiple degrees. I lived here for five or six years, and then we moved away. Wife and I, we've been back for... 11 years now. I mean, I, I'm an Oklahoma State fan. so, But I, I've learned to kind of put my fandom aside and look at it, you know, objectively with my, you know, with through media lenses. 
it is crazy to me to to think that you look at how good this team was last year. You look at the roster this team had last year. Yeah, you lost some guys, but you look at the youth. You look at the last two or three, maybe not three, but the last couple recruiting classes, last few recruiting classes. It's the same coaching staff. You have one down year, and it's not even – you have seven wins. You're pr- probably going to finish with nine wins on the season. You have the same staff, the same recruits, the same players, and all of a sudden the entire staff needs to be fired. We don't know how to recruit. What are we doing? The sky is falling. We need to fire every – I mean, it just – it blows – yeah, there were some bad losses. Sure. Kansas State, that was rough. That was an anomaly loss. You lose to Kansas. That was tough. That was a defensive loss. Garrett Rangel and the offense did enough to win that game, but that was a, that was a weird anomaly game. Well, I, I think anomaly. I think I got to quit. I think I have to quit using that. But you lost that game. That was a bad loss. You shouldn't have lost that game. You struggled against Iowa State, but guess what? Spencer came back in the fourth quarter. You found a way. The defense stepped it up and really played well. The offense played well in the fourth quarter, and then OU happens. And I get it. I don't like losing. I don't like a loser sure. to OU. I don't. I'm not an OU fan. I was tortured growing up by all my OU buddies, and and it, it that was a rough loss. That was a bad loss. But do I think the coaching staff needs to be fired? No. Do I think that this is the, they don't know how to recruit? No. Because guess what? These are the same like the, the young guys. When you look at the back end, when you look at the youth on that back end. This defense is going to be good, and you don't lose a lot off the defense from this year to, to next year. You're gonna now you you will lose some good talent off the back end. Jason Taylor most likely, you know I think he's going to walk, but uh, I, I think you'll probably lose him. I think he's going to make some good money in the NFL. You'll lose Sione Asi off the front. Brendan Evers has already announced you'll lose Brock Martin, but I mean hell, he's been here for seven years. It's ridiculous. Should be a doctor by now. No question, you know, and and so you're going to lose some guys, but you're and I understand the frustration with the ranking of this recruiting class, but there's some really good under the radar pieces that may not play as freshmen, but are going to be good. The focus is on 24. The focus has always guess what? The focus was on 24 class when Oklahoma State was number seven in the country. Nothing has changed other than the perception of the program. And Robert talked about that this week on his radio show, that we have started to get a little more enamored with the four stars, with the with the lights and the you know, the things in front of these kids' names and all that. That he was saying, we've got to get back to finding the two stars who are hungry. Finding the James, James Washingtons Washington. out of a, a farm field in yeah. Texas that goes, I'm pretty good at tennis, pretty good athlete. You know, that uh, Gundy said whenever they went and saw Spencer Sanders, he had been hurt. I think he, at that point had already had both knees operated on. <clears throat> he was getting overlooked to an extent, but yet they go talk to the coach, and coach says, man, this kid, if we if we would let him, he would never leave the field. That You know Mike Gundy. You know his uh, his attitude, his his thoughts on players. The second that guy said that, there was no other quarterback in the nation that Gundy wanted here more than Spencer Sanders. You've got to go find those guys. Um, you take a Brendan Evers. Take a, the, you know, the he's been he's been injured. He's been often injured. He needed to, if he wants a shot at the pros, he needs to get healthy yeah. before pro day. Well, he had two shoulder surgeries yeah. last off season, right? And, and that's what ended his season. Yes. And and he got he got called out. 
you know, because he worded his announcement wrong. He was like, I got to prepare. I'm going to prepare for the NFL draft. So it seemed like he just wanted to set out. He was hurt. He well, got hurt in the he, he got hurt in the opening game and played hurt all year. Yeah, he wasn't going to play. I it wouldn't shock me honestly to see uh to see a Brock Martin at this point with what you have to what you have left to play for from a season. And I'm not t- I'm not putting these words in in Brock's mouth by any stretch. He's a grown man that can make his own decisions. If he wants any shot at the NFL, I could see him going. Listen, West Virginia going to sit, probably the bowl game going to sit because you're going to the cheese it bowl or you're going to alamo at the best and then you know him getting ready for those pro days the the senior he just got invited to the hula bowl or you know him having a heck of a week out there will move him up i mean him being able to play and show the grit and the wrestling moves and all that 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 we all love he needs to show those in front of scouts yeah and maybe you already I mean Gundy talks about them being at games, maybe in practice and all that. But I think I think at this point you know what Brock you're gonna get. I think so too. But I'm just saying somebody like that who I does agree. have I mean, he already has a kid, he um has aspirations of the NFL. The best path to get there is a great showing in in your postseason um whatever they call that bowl. The um the Hawaii the deal that he's gonna go to. Not the is it Hula Bowl? Hula Bowl. Hula Bowl. Having a great showing there, kind of like going to the Reese's. It's in Orlando. The Hula Bowl? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was Hawaii. You have the Aloha Bowl, and I think that's... That's where it threw me off. But yeah, the Hula, the Hula Bowl is in Orlando, which is... I think they moved it there because of COVID, and then I think it just stuck. That makes sense. I think. I don't know. But he's, sure the kids love Disney. But he's in Orlando. Yeah. So, you know, but you take a Brendan Evers off that defensive line... That's like taking J.J. Watt off of the Texans from a what he's like compared to his. That was the that was the anchor in the middle. Him and Aussie have been the anchors. Well, now you take one of the anchors out, you're gonna. That's not easy to fill, you know. Even with a Tui Alamaka, mm-hmm. and so okay, we've got the seniors who are at who least walking are going to walk. Correct. Okay. Run so, through the list. Let's let's run through the list. We did have a listener question about this. We'll get yeah, we can we'll let's run through the list and then we'll ask the question and then we'll go back to the list. How about that? That'll work. Okay, because so because then and then that way you can say who it is and what yeah. they are and All then right. we'll ask the question and then we can pontificate. That'll work. All right, so we've on. got Sione Asi that's that's walking, Xavier Benson that's walking, Lamont Bishop, Tanner Brown, Braden Cassidy, Brendan Evers, Sean Michael Flanagan, Alex Hale, Thomas Harper, Matt Hembro, Vance Hooper, Tom Hutton, Braden Johnson, Ben Kapinski, Tyler Lacey, Brock Martin, Ryland McCorders, Spencer Sanders, Carson Shelton, CJ Tate, Jason Taylor, Samuel Atuihalamaka, well, thank you, mm-hmm. Ken, Kenny on Williams, Hunter Woodard, and Zeke Zaragoza. A lot of scholarship players. Yeah. And, you know, there's... There's quite a few of those that you want back that that have so and we say that so kind of a weird thing to say but uh, we're still living in the world of the sixth year of eligibility Correct. because of the 2020 season uh, they granted that across the board so guys that I would love to see come back and they and they help I think it helps you got to look at it two ways one obviously this is a this is an OSU podcast that talks about what makes next year better mm. if Lamont Bishop could come back if he can come back. Um, and let's say crack the 
crack the the lineup. I think that you're going to be in all of a sudden a a battle with a Xavier Benson. Xavier Benson's he's walking. We'll get to that in a minute. But uh, you know, if if you come back, maybe that spot's open. You're gonna you're gonna battle a Nick Martin for it. It's your fifth year in in college. You probably feel pretty good yeah. about your chances. Uh, Braden Cassidy would love to see him back. His cowboy back that just brings a lot of uh, leadership, brings a lot of uh, grit and all to. And we need that. We're gonna need that on on offense for running the ball. Uh, Sean Michael Flanagan could come back. Could he? Could he increase his draft? Stock, you know, I don't know that Jason Taylor comes back. I he's would, had he's had great couple years. I would find it very difficult. So there's a few guys that could come back that I would find it a really, 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 really big stretch that sure. they do. And Tyler Lacey is one of those. Those well, are those are my two. Yeah. So which okay, Jason Taylor goes. Now you've got there, there's an opening there. Yeah. You know, does Sean Michael Flanagan put in a full season at safety and and show what he can do? Alex Hale could come back. We Tanner Brown has used his sixth year of eligibility. We need a kicker. I don't know who's next if Alex Hale doesn't doesn't kick. So, Me neither. So I could see Alex Hale coming back. Thomas Harper could come back. Thomas Thomas I, scares me from a from a potential transfer. I don't know about that. I think for me, it's more so look at what my brother's done. Yeah, I've been here. Yeah. I've I've bid my time. I've played well. My brother's in the NFL making money. I I could see. I'm not sitting here saying that Thomas Harper is going to declare for the draft, but I could I could see Thomas not coming back. Yeah. They, they would greatly benefit if he did. Sure, no doubt. Defense but I could would. see him. He's a, he's an on the fence guy for me. The one that I'm I'm really hoping comes back, and I and I think that you're going to see. I think you'll see this. I I would go on the. On the I'm I'm going to predict it. Ben Kapinski comes back. He's really come on late this year, and I think that he's the one that you get the cool. We're putting this guy on scholarship 100%. video. Well, you and you'll have spots because you'll yes. not you'll lose. You're going to lose a handful of scholarship guys. You got Brock Martin. There's a scholarship. You'll have uh, Brennan Evers. There's a scholarship. Tyler Lacey's a scholarship. Um, 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 um I think that might be, I think it might be all the defensive line they lose in terms of scholarships. Uh, Samuel Atuyalamaka is is, but he is able to come back. Samuel, that's could. true. So he's, at least three. he's not a six. You'll have at least three scholarships to give. And I think Tuyalamaka, he sh- comes back, and you're the starter. You can show what you've, what you can do. You know, you get more game film. You get you get another. I mean, all of that aside, you get another season with Rob Glass. Well, and the good thing is they're only at, at least as of right now in terms of. 23 seniors, 2023 seniors, you're only bringing in two defensive linemen. Now, I don't know what the portal's going to look like. You had mentioned Gunny doesn't really like the portal. I got news for you. There are plenty of guys across the country yep. that would fit into the Cowboy culture. Yeah, yeah. No I doubt. Just, TCU is the perfect example. Is TCU the – I don't know the ins and outs of their program. I don't know if it's – comparable to the cowboy culture i don't know what they are as people or anything like that but how how putrid was tcu last year and then you lose gary patterson you lose a bunch of coaching staff and now all of a sudden it's like well we got a new staff we got a bunch of new players tcu may not be any they may not be any better than they were last year they are two games from playing in the college football playoff yeah don't tell me 
that there are not guys in the now. I'm not saying that Mike doesn't go after the portal because there have been a lot of good portal guys, but you cannot tell me that there are not a handful of guys in the portal that would fit perfectly that well, are really good athletes. I think that I think Mike's comment towards he doesn't want to become a portal team is valid. That you want the culture here, TCU. How many? How many did they bring in? Twenty. A lot. Twenty guys. A lot. I mean, you know, is that working for them? Yeah, that's working for them. It's obviously working for them this year. Um, they have figured out the the way to come back in a fourth quarter. I think six of the games have been losing in the fourth quarter. Almost every Big 12 game. Right. And so they've obviously figured that out. You get that with uh, a veteran quarterback in Max Duggan. Um, Boy, he's figured it out, man. Yeah, no Goodness. Joke. And then Quentin Johnson figured it out against us and has just rolled ever since. And but. I, I get it. I mean, I don't, I don't want Oklahoma State to go out and bring yeah. in 15-plus transfers every year, but there is nothing telling you. There's nothing saying that you can't go and get two to three offensive linemen a year. Like You have to be able to bring in and develop. And and, and Oklahoma State is an A-plus in developing players. Yes, I know there are people out there, well, what about this year? Oklahoma State develops really well. I know that injuries have been an issue. Look at Kendall Daniels. Absolutely. From year one to year two. From week one to week two. From week two to week six. Mm-hmm. Kendall Daniels is a different player. If if we if Kendall Daniels starts if, if like if this Kendall Daniels started the start of the year, it it, it would be incredible. Yep. You know, like they develop players. But you should be like this year. I mean, I know that they've got youth and they've got depth at at receiver in in terms of youth. You should go out and get a fourth year senior, fourth or fifth year senior. Yeah. You should go out and get a couple uh, genuine, like actual. Go out and get a couple of, you know, redshirt junior, redshirt senior offensive linemen. You have oh, I agree to, with you. you. Need like and maybe a defensive lineman too. Absolutely, or a linebacker. You know, like you're gonna you're gonna need depth. Go out and get a safety. Mm-hmm. You're gonna. You've got young guys, but you're gonna lose at least one very talented safety off the back end. And Jason Taylor, go out and get you someone like Jay. Now it's hard to find someone like that in the portal, but go and get you someone like that. You. They should bring in. And scholarships are an issue. That's that's the that's the limit. You, if you bring guys in in the portal, does it count? To, are you taking scholarships from the twenty four class? But you're. They need to bring in some guys in the portal. Well, that that'll be a good breakdown from you and you and Robert to figure out what the rest of this class can look like. And, you know, we've talked about at some point between now and December, we'll get a good. It's wild that we're like three, less than four weeks from yeah. signing day. It's so insane. just finish, finish out this list. Oh yes. Yeah. Yeah. We got Kenny on Williams that, that could come back special team specialist. Oh, he's a grit guy right there. He, he is. And, and, you know, could, can he crack if he comes back, can he get on the field on defense? We'll see. And then an interesting one here, Zeke Zaragoza. That's Matt Himbro, who has gotten probably more airtime this year than I've ever, probably since Zach Allen, has um, gotten airtime about how good of a deep snapper he is. So there are really good football players on this team. I don't think it's a stretch to say that Matt Himbro is the best football player on this team at what he does. Yeah, like you can have like it's like like a great wide receiver. Like Oklahoma State has really good wide receivers, but they could be better. Yeah, Oklahoma State has a really good quarterback, but Spencer could be better. There's nothing that Matt Hembro would need to do to improve. Like Matt Hembro might be the best player on this football team in terms of what he does and what he brings to the table. 
It's he goes out there and it's a position you don't have to worry about at all. That ball is going to get right there to his chest. It's going to get right down there to the. So I, you know, how many times uh, have have a podcast talked about the backup long snapper? However, we will be. We will be, and I know that they got a commit from a kid who is a long snapper. Supposed to be, he's gone through all the schools. There's a couple different schools for that. You think he did what Mike Gundy said? He records himself and sends it to the guy, whatever guy is in Dallas. I have no idea. That's what he said on Monday. Oh, I'm, I missed that part of it. But anyway, Zeke Zaragoza has a chance to come back and be the starter, deep snapper. Give me a sixth-year guy for a year before I hand it over to sure. uh, freshman. But anyways, um, that is, that's the list of senior days. I think we should – let's go to the listener questions. Uh, we can do the one about uh, juniors that are walking. Let, well, there's juniors that are walking. Yeah. There's another guy who's walking that we haven't talked about That's right. that I skipped right over because it's coming up on a, a question, uh, a question yeah. here. So let's bring in a very special guest, my, my nine-year-old son, C.J. Murphy, to read off the to read the questions. Let's start with the top one, bub. Question one. Do you expect Spencer Sanders to return this year? That is probably – that is probably – the biggest question from this senior list Absolutely. from a what do they how do they help the team if they come back how does it help them if they come back because you got to look at both of that and I know again you know Spencer will put in for a draft game I, I don't I would be shocked if after the West Virginia game you hear Spencer's coming back I would be shocked if it's that fast I could see it being more of the Brandon Whedon uh, Justin Blackman Mason Rudolph Washington that type of well we're gonna I kinda see, see what our draft bowl game. Right. We're gonna see what our draft grade is, comes back, and if he if he gets a favorable one, if if all of a sudden he gets a third, fourth round, I, I don't know that he will. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put a cap on his ceiling, but I don't know that he'll get that high of a grade that he says, you know what, I gotta go test those waters. Uh, I think he would go to Indianapolis and he would run really well. I think that um, and I've said this forever so I don't I have a problem saying it now. The throwing motion is not an NFL throwing motion. He's got work to do there. And in in one of these other questions coming up, I'm going to get to uh, Tim Rattay's role in, in his development. And I think that he helps OSU more next year than OSU helps him. Does that make sense? As far as, as, far as NFL potential. I, I've I've said it a few times. I what Spencer Sanders has done in Stillwater has been incredible. OSU wouldn't be where it is without Spencer Sanders. When you look at last year, when you look at when you look at this year, I mean, there have been games that Oklahoma State has won because of Spencer Sanders. You lose Iowa State. You lose to Iowa State if you don't have Spencer. You lose to Texas Tech if you don't have. You lose to Texas if you don't have Spencer. This is a, a drastically different season. No matter. And, and here's the thing, I I don't. I really don't understand the immense amount of hatred that some fans have for Spencer Sanders, right? I mean, you look at his redshirt freshman year, and and maybe they just maybe they hype themselves up too much. And they're talking about the fans because, like, I'll never understand the hatred for Taylor Cornelius. I mean, I know that people wanted Spencer instead of Taylor Cornelius. And all t- all Taylor did was go out and throw for 4,000 yards and combine for like 40 touch. I mean, he was incredible. 
You give. I'm not going. I'm not going into it. I These are the same people that we read off the 2017 stats that wanted Yurcich fired. By the way, I just want to who we're talking about here. Well, let me tell you how good. Like, yeah, that's insane. Look at where he's. Well, look at what he's done. So, has Spencer at times done too much? Has he like he's has he gone tried to do too much? Yeah, yeah absolutely. You know, the, the OU game is the perfect example of that. Um, I'm still. They didn't lose the Big Twelve Championship game because of Spencer. I, I I don't care. I mean, I understand the interceptions, but yeah, he he probably threw too many. But if and I, I said this on the radio show the other day. I said it. I say it all the time. If Oklahoma State doesn't even have not even both of them, if Oklahoma State has either Danny Gudlewski or Jalen Warren, they win that ball game. Mm-hmm. If you have both of them, you really win that ball game. Yeah. But I digress. Um, I don't understand the hatred for Spencer Sanders. I really don't. All he's done is go out there, and 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 I get it. You're, this is a Robert Allen production, right? I mean, I I I I've heard it before. Well, you're just pumping sunshine. You're wearing your orange colored glasses, you know. No, I, when you look at everything that Spencer has done, he is he has bled for this program. He's gotten injured every year, going above and beyond. Mike mentioned it in the press conference the other day. Uh, there were several times against OU that you, he took shots where you're like. <sighs> And that's every week. You know, he yeah. takes these shots all the time because he he wants to go out there and win. If Spencer Sanders doesn't come back next year, it won't be to the transfer portal. He, he, I, 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 there may not be a guy that loves Oklahoma State more than Spencer because you look at, at everything he's been through, you look at what he gets from some of the fans, you know, he's not loved by, by certain people. And I just, I, that's something that I'll never understand. And if he does walk, I could... See, I don't think he's an NFL quarterback. I've said that before. I don't think he's an NFL quarterback. Um, I'm with you. I don't want to cap it, you yeah. know, I, because he's he's proven a lot of people wrong a lot. And I'm I don't want you know I I'll never judge anyone's grit or determination because he's been incredible the five years he's been here. I just don't. I'm, he's an incredible athlete, but I don't think he's fast enough to to be a running back. He's not big enough to be a running back. Um, he's not a receiver, you know. So I mean, if he goes to the NFL, it's as a quarterback, and I don't. Maybe he makes a practice squad, but I, I I don't know. I'm not I'm not trying to dog on him, but I I could see I would welcome Spencer coming back. Well, and I, I think, don't know if he does, but I would welcome it. Uh, he is if you want to and you need to hit the transfer portal for offensive line, for receiver, for running back. I don't I don't know what all you need. Spencer being on this roster is your number one recruiting tool. Absolutely, because you can't go to let's just let's just play take the kid from Florida. Take a a kid from Florida that says, "I'm going to go hit the transfer portal. Go see where else I can go." I'm going to bet not many of them are very excited about going and going. Okay, uh, coach, coach Dunn, thanks for calling me. Uh, who's who's going to be the quarterback next year? Redshirt freshman. Uh, redshirt. Fr- no, we're going to have a quarterback battle between a redshirt freshman and a true freshman that just finished his high school season, and and the coach's uh, son. If it's a three way battle. However, that works out. That's that's not the greatest recruiting tool. Even if you send video of the state championship of Flores going deep, eighty yards to a guy in the middle, fifty-four yards, had a great game. But that's not the recruiting tool that you want to use. Now, saying six-year quarterback Spencer Sanders is coming and back, I've heard of Spencer, absolutely, and they and they know what kind of guy he is. That has been thrown out on every broadcast, Everything. and and the Spencer leave with a better taste in his mouth coming back what possibly i will say this and you can't you know tom tom dorado's kind of called me out on this before you can't coach 
thinking about the future or anything like that, you're not going to tell Spencer not to come back because it may create issues with your quarterback depth. Because Garrett Rangel expects to be the quarterback. Now, I don't know if he expects to be the quarterback this year or this upcoming year, anything like that. But you've got a kid that knew he was going to redshirt this year. You know you're going to bring in a true freshman. Does Garrett does Garrett Rangel look at this and say, well, Spencer coming back wasn't in the cards. That wasn't something that we anticipated. That wasn't something that I expected. I want to play. And if Spencer comes back, you're you're not going to play. Now, I'm not uh, saying... We say that, but Spencer misses games every year. Well, I, no, no, I meant like... So, I, as the starter, I, I get it. Correct. If he's healthy, which Spencer may miss a couple of games, but I don't... Is that enough? Right? Let's say Spencer comes back. You know you're going to play at least two to three games. Is that enough for you to say, I'll stick around and sit on the bench, even though I expected to play that next year? I don't know. But what's interesting... And, and Mike Gundy, they're not going to set... They're not going to make that decision. But let's say Spencer comes back, and let's say... The best case scenario in this whole thing, Spencer comes back, Garrett and his parents are like, you know what, that's fine. We'll let Garrett develop more. He'll play under Spencer. We know he's going to play at least a few games. You know, that's fine. We love Stillwater. Stillwater loves us. I love We all love Oklahoma State. We're going to ride it out. He'll play as a redshirt sophomore. The quarterback battle that's going to – and I'm not saying that, that Zane Flores is better than Garrett Rangel, but Zane Flores is a really good high school quarterback. Mm-hmm. If that translates to the college level, Spencer leaves after next year and you got a redshirt sophomore and a redshirt freshman because I think Zane's an early enrollee. If you have that's going to be an incredible quarterback battle. It will. No and doubt. that's and that's the positive. That's the best yes. case scenario. And that's where we sitting on podcast on radio. Yeah, we can talk about that. If if Tom and I agree with him, Tom, you know, they can't coach thinking about the future, but they also have to recruit. Yeah. They have to, you know, as much as as much communication that happens between play uh, high school players, these coaches, high school players, parents, and these coaches, I guarantee the the, the parents are asking, um, okay, where do you see, do you see my son as a starting quarterback year one? And if we went into this season with Rangel as as starting quarterback one, you don't. I say this because he's not big enough. They still need Rob Glass. They still need an offseason. He probably needs two. He played one game and he missed the next game. College football is the, I don't want to say only, but college football is a very, very, very rare sport that a true freshman is going to come in and make an immediate impact. Sure. I mean, Caleb Williams is, is an exception to that, right? I mean, he what he did last year was incredible. True freshmen do not play very now. Basketball, sure. true freshmen can play and be amazing. Yeah, Oklahoma State baseball is a great example of freshmen coming in and making an impact. It's not. It's probably not happening in college football. No, we talked about, and it even goes that way into the NFL. You know, it's just every time you go up a, a new level, that you know, go back to the Tatum interview. He was one of the best running backs in all of college. Absolutely. The first day that he got popped by John Lynch going in a hole, he fumbled three times in a row, whatever it was. You're going to a new level. There's grown men there that have been training for multiple years. And, you know, the the Rangel example is a very real example that he got popped just right by Kansas. Six win, they – Kansas. Way to go, guys. But we're still talking about Kansas that knocked a guy out of the next game. He couldn't even 
couldn't start, couldn't play. He wasn't. He clearly wasn't the backup. Yeah. Because as soon as Gunner Gunny uh, Gunner struggled, Spencer was the one who came in. You know, maybe that was situational, but he wasn't standing over them. He was in uniform. He didn't even have his helmet. So uh, I think that I think Spencer does come back, and I think that I think that OSU is much better uh, because of that. And and you mentioned, no and I don't want to. I want to see if. CJ can tell us a little story here and see what he remembers from this story. Spencer is unbelievable with the fans. Uh, you know, his his media availabilities can be a little dry, but you get that guy one-on-one or as CJ got him last year at the at the Boise game, he's pretty dynamic. CJ, you want to you want to tell that story of how you met Spencer for the first time? Yeah. Let's hear it. All right, so, so Jay and I were in Boise. You were at the house. Mm-hmm. Called to say goodnight. Mm-hmm. And Dad's at a restaurant. And Spencer Sanders is eating there, too. And Dad catches him. And you you didn't just call. Would you, you use the FaceTime? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So you use FaceTime, call me. And I'm standing there, and I just had, Jay and I were talking with Spencer. He was, he was right there next to us. And so I said, hey, would you mind FaceTiming with my son real quick? He's about to go to bed. And and Spencer goes, oh, yeah, yeah, no doubt. And so on your end, you didn't expect him to show up, and, and it was pretty cute. All of a sudden, he just goes, hey, Spence. And, um, cut that, please. <laughs> no, nah, man, we ain't cutting nothing. We don't cut around here. We'll do no, it live. Yeah, we're doing it live. No, so CJ says, hey, Spence, you know, and because CJ had been in the backyard, he'd been like, Pretending to be Spencer Sanders, you know, in the back, like kids do. I, I do that now. Absolutely, I'm I'm Spencer's backup. Whenever we go to the backyard, they should play me. We'd win state, but uh, it's a reference from a football movie you haven't seen. Um, you throw football over the mountains? Oh yeah, it's not football. That's Napoleon Dynamite. So, uh, you know, he's great with the fans, um, and I hope he's back. I hope it, it's going to take us to the le- next level. All right, let's go to is it Hunter's question? Yeah. This is from Hunter. Do you think that there will be changing coaches this off this off season? Will we change some coaches? So we we talked about that a little bit earlier. Um, I think that there, I think there needs to be, but but I'm also not in a position or prepared to say who needs to go. There's no. One group that this season, the struggles of the season fall on. It's not like, man, our defensive backs are just brutal and haven't developed, and every team is scoring 600 yards because they just keep going deep. And hey, sorry, Tim Duffy, but you got to go. It's not like that. But I think that somebody needs to walk in over on the offensive side of the ball. Somebody needs to come into a role there. I'll let Gundy figure out which buyout he wants to pay because people, you got to realize that assistant coaches have buyouts too. So now we're going to go to Chad Weiberg. Gundy's going to go to Weiberg and say, hey, you know that, I don't know, let's call it $200,000, $300,000 that we had planned for upgrades to the Sherman Smith? Yeah, I need to give that to one guy to not coach here. There's a budgeting yeah. side of this that has to be looked at. And somebody, if if that happens, somebody has to walk in with knowledge of how a dynamic running game works in today's game. How how Kansas and, and Kansas State and TCU are handing the ball off to running backs 
on five-yard holes, and yet we are running guys left, running guys right, and they're getting popped before as soon as they get the ball. Yeah, and, and I'm not gonna, I, I I'm not gonna sit here and say because that's I'm going through Twitter a lot. Of like, what are, what are coaching changes need to be made? That's not my position. I, I have no idea, and I can't I can't sit here and say that this guy needs to get fired or this guy needs to get fired. I do think that it, there needs to be some drastic improvements. And whether that's coaching changes or whether that's, you know, come to Jesus moments or, you know, you bring guys in in the portal because it's very clear that whatever schemes were being, were, were being ran this year, they didn't work in the run yeah. game. And I'm not saying that, that coaches need to be fired. I'm not saying that coaches need to lose their jobs, but something needs to be changed. Yeah. Because you can't, you can't go – now, Kansas State was a good defense – but you can't you can't give up forty eight points. You can't give up the amount of yards you did because it was Kansas State and Kansas. You gave up almost eleven hundred yards, eighty five points, and five hundred and fifty yards on the ground. Now that's the defensive side of the ball, right? But you go to the offensive side of the ball, and you couldn't move the ball. You struggled. Now the offense did enough against Kansas. Garrett Rangel was good enough against Kansas. You should have won that game. But I just I don't I don't have answers for that. I really don't because. It doesn't. It doesn't make a lot of sense with the struggles that Oklahoma State had. Whether it's personnel, whether it's scheme, whether it's injuries, you know that was such an anomaly year in terms of injury. So um, one one coach that and that I have been a little curious about. I'm not going to say what it is they do because Spencer has has developed the last three years. He's been here three years. Timber Tay's been here three years, but I it's in. I've probably said this like too many times, but how that's his throwing motion in year four, that the ball goes straight down to the thigh and then up and around. Like if Spencer comes back and wants any shot at the NFL, that has to change. It has to. Um, you know, whether it's whether it's going to Dallas like kids used to do. I mean, what is it, Mason Rudolph that went down to Zach Robinson? Well, it's because Zach's in L.A. now. Well, I get that, but, but that, you've got but coaches. That's why. That's why his throwing motion is still the same. There's no one to go to. There's nobody. Not one no. quarterback coach in all the world. So, all right, we got one more. Uh, we got one more listener question. This one's from Connor. I see a couple juniors are being recognized this weekend on Senior Day. Does that mean they are not coming back next year? So there's there's actually only one. I mean, we went through before this, and yep. and because that was very interesting. Xavier Benson is the only one that is listed as a junior. There's a there are a few that are uh, – so one that's interesting that's listed as a senior but is not walking, listed to walk, is uh, Trey Rucker. So defensive back. No, we haven't heard his name a whole lot, but there you go, another guy that you hope with an opening out there that uh, he's develops one more year because he'll be a fifth-year senior then uh, next year. Well, if he hasn't played a whole lot this year, it could have redshirted. I haven't seen the participation for him. But Xavier Benson, that is interesting – um, do you have do you have any insight on that? Not a not a clue. That's kind of it's a little bit thrown into because he's he's played every game. He transferred in, you know. He that we know of not dealing with some. He's had to go through injuries every sure. game. You know, yeah. he's not a Brock Martin. No, I just it doesn't. Um, yeah, it doesn't make. I don't understand that. I, be, I mean, he's graduating, right? I mean, he's he's early. He's he's done enough to get his diploma. But well, then that may that may be it. That may be the deciding. But and and that would be I think best case 
obviously, because he has struggled this year to to kind of figure it all out, but give him another year and he'll obviously be better. Well, in theory, you would think he'd be better next year. But maybe it's a, I graduated, I've earned this, I'm getting honored. But you could do that next year. You could do that when you were done. So I don't understand. I don't. I don't know why he's walking. Yeah. Oh, that's, and and maybe that's a maybe that's a, a question for him after the game if he comes to media availability. Hey, what went into that? I mean, heck, who knows? Maybe maybe the guy. And, and I'm hoping this isn't the case. But maybe the guy is an ailing grandmother who they don't think will make it till next year. He has a chance to walk. She's gonna be here. That type of stuff that you never know with these uh, with these guys. I mean, before two years ago. It was unheard of that guys would walk twice, yep, and like Brock Martin. Brock Martin uh, did. Did Tyler Lacey walk last year? I think uh, uh, no, but I don't think. I bet so. Braden Johnson walked. I'm pretty sure Tanner Brown. Well, Evers. I think Braden Johnson walked because I don't. They I don't think they expected him to play football again. Yeah, with so uh, with the the what he was dealing with last year. So, Sione Asi, I think, walked last year. Yeah. Walk me through this list here. <laughs> uh, walk me through this list, and I'll, I'll give you my my thoughts on who I think is leaving and who I think is going. All right. Sione Asi. He's gone. Gone. Benson? I don't know. Don't I, know. I, I, I've no, I, I didn't know he was walking. Yeah. i got to okay. talk to Robert. I, I'll ask Robert. I'll go into But I'll that. say no. I'll, you're going to say not coming back? No, no, no. Not like, He's not gone. He's, he'll come back. So he's coming back. I think he'll come back. Uh, Lamont Bishop? Probably come back. Tanner Brown, gone. Gone. Six-year. Uh, Braden Cassidy. Do you want me to ask you the six-year guys? Those guys are obviously gone. Right. No, you don't have to ask me those. No six-year guys. Um, okay, Braden Cassidy. I, we act, we talked to him about that yesterday, and he's figuring it out. Yeah. I would... Waiting on his draft grade, probably. <laughs> I would... I think... I think he... Sh- I mean, personally, I think he should. Yeah. Um. I think he I think he will. I think he does. I think he'll come back. Sean Michael Flanagan. Needs to come back. Sean Michael needs to come back, and he's so good that we only refer to him as... SMF like those guys that have the three names and then you yeah. all just refer to him as their initials he needs to come back for two reasons one he would he would benefit greatly from another because this is really his only year of tape he took a handful yeah. of snaps throughout yep. the years this is his only year of tape he comes back he's better he's depth he's experienced he is a good tackler he's figured it out throughout this season he needs to come back for himself but then you just flip everything else, and he would be really good for the team. So I think he'll come back. Alex Hale. I don't know about specialists. They're a weird breed. So I'll say. <laughs> like lefty relievers. Yeah. CJ, remember that. Lefty relievers, you can't trust them. So you, what are you coming with? I don't know. 50-50. 50-50. Thomas Harper. 50-50. Ben Kapinski. I think he comes Oh, back. I skipped one. Vance Hooper. What, what, what year is he? Well, he's a he has eligibility to come back. I mean, he's One year? a senior though. Sure. So he's coming back. Vance Vance is back. Why not? Bring him back. 61195. Why not? At a Southern Nazarene University what is, transfer. What is he? Is he a receiver? Is Yeah, he wide a, receiver. Sure, why not? Yep. Number 36 wide receiver. Yeah, why not? Uh Adam McKinney Heritage years and years and years ago. Uh so okay, interesting one here. I think I think Kopinski comes back. I think Kapinski comes back, and I think they put him on scholarship. I can't wait, man. I can't wait for been, that video. Because he has better, been good. You know, they should, they should get Garth Brooks to do that video thing. Sure. Uh, Tom Hutton actually has not used his fifth year. And is he even a red shirt? I don't no. even think I don't think he's a red shirt. So, no, he's not. He's done. Even if he hadn't torn his knee, he's done. Had enough American cheeseburgers or what? Well, I think it's um, 
Mr. The, kangaroos? So the whole thing, yeah, that's it. That <laughs> Kangaroos and koalas. Uh, the whole thing for him was the NFL is not going to take someone my age, and I'm ready to start a life. Ask Brandon Whedon. Yeah, but it's Brandon Whedon could throw. It was a couple of years. And Brandon Whedon can throw a football. See, now that's, and that's, that's really interesting to me. It doesn't make sense, does it? It does not, because what does the NFL care? They're having kickers and punters going to their 40s. And you don't have to. And, and they're taking guys, they're cutting guys that have played a lot, and they're bringing guys that have been cut three or four times in a season. You don't have to pay them a lot. You could pay them the league minimum. You pay them rookie minimum and then the league minimum, and you'll have him for. At least five or six years, but I but he yeah he's he's ready to start a career that so he's good. so he's going back to Australia. Spencer Sanders, I think he comes back. Oh, I'm sorry, I skipped one. Tyler Lacey. Tyler's gone. Tyler's going to go make a a buku of money in the NFL. Ryland McCorders gone. RW's kid. RW McCorders kid. Yeah, gone. I guess. Uh, he also is he is he have year of eligibility? He still has he'll come one. back. Why not? Let's do him, it. Him and Hooper. There you go. Hoopa! There you go. Uh, Spencer Sanders. I think he comes back. Carson Shelton, which I guess well, must have been one of Spencer's offensive linemen at Denton Ryan. He he tra- transferred here from Angelo State, from San Angelo, Angelo State down in uh, in Texas. But well, th- those two must have been walk-ons. Or I, you know what? I think walk-ons will probably probably leave simply because they would be up for the bill of another year of a very expensive That's true. college. Yeah. So I'll say the walk-ons all go. Okay. Except for Kapinski because he gets put on scholarship. Yes. Uh, and then he'll be an incredible NIL, and he'll be able to pay off any any debt that he may have accrued. I've got... Um, he'll be Oklahoma State's first I've got some thoughts on who, on who Pokes Report's next NIL guy. I'll let you guys figure yeah. that out. That's you guys... Uh, Jason Taylor could come back. I think he'll go to the league. Yeah, I think so too. I think he'll make some good money. Samuela Tuialamaka. I think they could convince him to come back. I think the I think he would be he would he would help the defensive line. He's good. I don't know though. I wanna, I, I will I'll use my optimistic okay. abilities and say he comes back out of optimism. CJ, can you say Samuela Tuialamaka? Let's hear it. That's pretty close. One of his one of his first NBA players that he learned how to say was Giannis Antetokounmpo. Uh, that's pretty much it. <laughs> he, he called him Antetokounmpo. He's I pretty close. I still can't say it. Pretty close. It, I was so impressed. I just call him Giannis. Uh, can, yeah, that's it. That's the one. Kenyon on Williams. I like. I like him. Um, Come back. I think he should. I think he could. I think he could because he's mainly special teams. Kanayan's been really good on special teams, so I think, I think if he comes back, he could. He he would come back to try to crack. Very interesting one here, Hunter Woodard. I think he's done. Think so? I think so. I think Hunter's probably done. Um, but I don't know. I mean, because this concussion was tough. Still out. Yeah. Um, tough I'd, I'd be. I'd be surprised. I don't think he'll play Saturday. Which is crazy because. You'd think something that has lasted this long, like it would have been a shut the stadium down. Man, that's this, bring out the stretch. That's like, this whole year, like, and it's not just like you look at because um, Dom's wasn't crazy, no. And then, but you look at um, what's his name, the Miami Dolphins quarterback. He took two really good ones. Yeah, um, you had Kurt Busch, the NASCAR driver. He's retired from the sport because he suffered a concussion several weeks back and could never get healthy. Crazy. Um, there was another NASCAR driver that has been dealing with concussions. Um, and then there's been several college players that have dealt, like uh, 
uh, uh, uh, who the Texas quarterback Quinn Ewers. You know he got he got hit real good. Mm-hmm. You know Dylan Gabriel got. I mean concussions have been weird this year at multiple sports at multiple levels. It's crazy. Last one Zeke Zaragoza. I don't know. He's a walk on, and he's a and he's not only is he a walk on, but he's a he's a specialty. He's a special yeah. teamers. He's a weird one. So I don't know. I'll say. I don't, I'm not saying he's weird. He's a special teams guy, so he is weird. Um, 50, my dad, my 50, dad 50. was a long snapper your in college. Weird? CJ, do you think granddaddy's weird? No. No, that's a great answer because he'll <laughs> listen to this. Um, no, I, I don't. But he, um, I hope he does for for two reasons: for him to actually get on the field. Yeah. He's a, he's uh, from Canada. I know that you know that he would be the great story. Of there, there's a lot of old, you know, a lot of old injury uh, issues there, or or medical medical issues. something yeah. or other conditions. And I think then, uh, but I, I think that would be a, that'd be a cool story. So I'm always I'm always good whenever our specialists have cool stories, yeah. or they're up for a Heisman. I, I still have that flyer. Yeah, you do. Yeah, I still got right. that flyer for Zach Siner. So, so that should be that should be everything from the the fan questions. Even got one in the middle, but you hit to it. Yeah, uh, got one in the middle of of recording, which was from Pokes Fan ninety nine. Uh, what coaching changes needed? What coaching changes will be made? Those are two different questions. All of those are very impossible for me to answer. Why is the offense digressing? We already talked about that. Year after year, uh, why are we struggling in recruiting so much? Which, again, yeah, you're not. You're just going after after a different player. I I love how Robert said that, that you're going back to kind of the roots of us here of saying uh, we, we want hungry guys, but that are also realistic, that are willing to come in and redshirt they're coming in and to train then play i do think that recruiting will get interesting if the ncaa or whatever governing body doesn't reel in nil because i do think nil is really going to hurt oklahoma state i mean it already has right but i i think nil is really going to hurt oklahoma state because oklahoma state is not a school that's going to go out and fundraise millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars to pay millions and millions and millions of dollars. So yeah. NIL is going to affect recruiting unless the NCAA rule reigns it in. Why does it Colin Oliver not play more? I don't know. Yeah, he plays a lot. He plays he, enough. But he plays a lot. You can't have defensive line, and he's quote undersized as a defensive end. Yeah, you're not going to play every game. All you're not going to play all game every game, yeah. or you won't be playing the next four games. Uh. Who do we expect to lose in the portal? Golly, that's I don't know. that's a wild one because we didn't. I it, didn't expect it could to lose. be nobody. It could be everybody. I didn't expect to lose Jar, uh, lose Jar Bernard Converse and Tanner McAllister yeah, last year. So no doubt. I don't know. All right, well that's going to do it for the Pokesport podcast. We got to get out of here. I'm going to go do some radio. Uh, I've been talking for an hour. I'm going to go talk for two more. So yeah, how about you are. That? That's going to do it. We'll talk to you next time here on PokesReport.com.